Hydriva mofos, you're probably aware that I've been working flat out on our social media presence to try to expand our community of Driva mofos globally. I've been posting tons of free content to keep you inspired, driven, and working towards your goals. So if you haven't already followed and subscribed to all my social media channels, please make sure you do so as I post different content on different platforms. The links are available in the description of this podcast down below. I mean, this is going to be highly controversial, but it is what it is. And that is that I think, and I believe, and this is from my experience, that most people who are talking about mental health are actually part of the problem and are reinforcing problems with people's mental health. And I wanna go deep into this in this episode. The most driven people in the world want to build great empires and leave a great legacy. This podcast, The Underestimated Entrepreneur, is my attempt at documenting the lessons I'm learning on my way to building a $100 million empire that helps people perform better in life and business. My hope is that you use these lessons to live a kick-ass life while building your own empire and leaving a powerful legacy. I hope you share and enjoy. In this episode, I'm going to dive deep into why I think most of the solutions around mental health that are currently being advocated are actually creating more of the problem. And we're seeing that now in elevated numbers of depression, anxiety, all of these types of things that are going on. I mean, it's more prevalent than ever, and we don't seem to be getting a great result or moving forward. So let's discuss it, and hopefully it'll just give you a different way of thinking about things, especially if you're someone who is being challenged with mental health issues. Driven mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. Today, I'm going to be a little bit controversial and I'm going to dive deep into mental health. Now, I know that this is something that it almost seems like everyone's talking about these days. You know, there's mental health this, there's mental health planning. As a business owner, there's all this shit about mental health and how you got to look after staff and blah, 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 blah. Mental health, mental health, mental health. Now, although I think that it is great that we're talking about these things, I also know that there is a lot of issues that are being caused because of this massive drive around mental health. So I want to raise some just different topics and discuss some different ideas and some different thought processes. And should you be one of those people that are open-minded and are willing to question things and even question what I talk about? I think that you'll get a lot from this episode. If you're one of those people who have rigid ideas and rigid beliefs around what mental health is and you've got your own biases and your own opinions and you stamp your foot down, then you're going to hate me, you're going to hate this episode, and you're probably going to end up mentally fucked like a lot of people in our society at the moment. And I know that that's pretty critical to say, but at the end of the day, you're going to die one day and no one's going to remember you and no one's going to care. That's how I think about life every day. So the question is, am I prepared to walk through life with a persona or some sort of a mask that I'm wearing that doesn't benefit me and my future to get what I really want out of this life? Because I am going to die one day and it's not going to matter. The second thing is, am I living a life that is fulfilling for me and is helping me to get what I want? And if the answer is no, then we've got to make changes. If we work backwards from there, then we can start to ask some really valuable questions and some really tough things and, and discuss some really tough issues. I think the problem is, is that most people work day by day and forward in life. And there's a reason for this. If you study a little bit of neuroscience and some basic neuroscience, even some basic biology and some you know neurochemistry, neurophysiology, whatever, you see that in the brain, when we're under stress, we tend to drop more back into what some of the great philosophers call the animalistic mind, which is our limbic system. It's the emotional system. It's the less evolved part of the brain. When we're in that state, we tend to live for survival. Now, if we go back to survival, what does that mean? If we go back to what's called Maslow's hierarchy and we look at it, there's a couple of different stages that we need. So we need to have safety and survival. So in safety and survival, we need to have a roof over our head. We need to be able to live. We need to feel safe in that environment. Then we need food. So should we have those two things? Now we start to survive. Then from there, we have our sexual needs as well. So there is something ingrained in all living organisms to procreate or to you know have relationships and so on. Now, some people might be thinking, well, I don't want to have kids. That's cool. 
but there's a desire there to chase a mate, whatever you want to call that, whatever your sexual orientation. You want to have someone attracted to you or you want to have people attracted to you based on the external expressions of who you are as a person and you want to attract those people to you. Now, should you do that, you're probably in the, I guess, upper echelon of society where now you've got safety and you've got security, you can survive. You've got a roof over your head and you feel safe, sort of safe, because these days most people's safety responses are built on whether they can buy a Louis Vuitton handbag or whether they have a million followers on fucking Instagram versus the actual desire for safety. Now, in this day and age, some people are 35, still living at home with their mum and dad, and they're completely safe, yet they feel unsafe because they don't have a million followers yet on Instagram, and they're more worried about Instagram followers than having somewhere where they can be a grown adult and survive by themselves. These are some of the common problems that society, when you live in a country, I know that there are people listening all around the world. So you may be in the United States, you may be in Europe, but there are a lot of countries around the world who are listening to this right now where you are actually in a very safe country. You can buy a house, you can rent a house, you can rent with other people, but that gives you some form of safety. Then from there, you know that you can put food on the table. Should you be able to put food on the table every night and satiate your most nutritional necessities, then you're relatively safe. Then from there, can you attract a mate in whatever way, shape or form by creating whatever persona you want? So there are people out there who they've got to feel like they're wealthy in order to have that persona to attract women or men or whatever gender that people subscribe to in this day and age. You need to have something that allows you to attract someone. Now, these days, people use problems. Some people have problems and that's how they attract each other. You know, oh, my life's so fucked on mine too. Well, let's connect over that. And that's how they attract a mate. But there's got to be some sort of outward mask or outward persona that allows you to feel like you've got an ability to attract others. So now that's basic human necessity. From there, we go into thrival mode. Now from thrival mode is if you know that you've got those three things figured out, you can step up to the next level, which is like, what am I trying to create? Now, this isn't specifically Maslow's hierarchy, but essentially it is, how can I live in a way that is congruent where I can get the best out of myself? So now let's drop back into Maslow's hierarchy and let's talk about mental health. So in this day and age, kids grow up where they have Instagram, they have social media, they have YouTube and all that. They look at somebody and they go, well, I want to have a million followers because it seems like these people get a lot of attention and whether they know it or not, it's starting to meet some of their mating needs, okay? Because now they're more attractive to people and so on. Then they're at home, they're living with their parents, they're not making a lot of money, their parents babysit them, take care of them, so they have no desire to want to go out and do something apart from walk around with their fucking phones out, taking photos of themselves, popping it online, in the hope that they will be able to thrive in life and also attract a mate. But they have never had to have their survival needs met because they've never really had to deal with challenge. They just haven't had to deal with any challenge. Mum and dad now go into bat for them at school. So they fuck around at school instead of back in my day. I remember getting the cane in grade one or grade two at school because I fucked around at school and the teacher told me to put out my hand and they smacked me across the hand with a fucking piece of leather. Now that was probably the last of the cane that got outruled. But you knew that if you fuck around, you found out, right? You found out the consequences of your actions. Now, whether that's right or wrong, that's completely different. But now kids can't be disciplined. They just can't be disciplined. Even if they are disciplined, it's normally in a really shitty way because if parents are too aggressive towards a child, like a child can punch somebody and there are no consequences to that. And so now we've got underage kids that don't know that if you fuck around with someone online and you're talking to someone and you don't know that they can be extremely violent towards you, you can go out there and blast somebody on social media. If that person sees you in the street and they have a tendency for violence, you're fucked because you ran your mouth and there were no consequences to that. You also, what happened was that when you're at school, you fucked around and mum and dad came in and they get all upset with the teacher and the school aren't doing this. And so the parents blame the school, 
Now we've got 18, 19, 20, 25 year olds leaving school. Now this isn't everyone because I know that there are a lot of younger people who are listening to this podcast who are responsible. You're looking for ways of being better to improve yourself. You want to live a better life and that's awesome. And you're taking responsibility for that. But that's a very, very, very minute percentage of society that now are entering the workforce. And when they enter the workforce, they're going into the workforce going, well, mum and dad told me that I can do anything. I can be anything. I can fuck around. I can get away with things. I don't even have to rock up to school. And if I rock up to school, I don't even have to put in any effort. So now when I go into the workforce, I think I'm worth $150,000 a year because I want to be able to buy a house in the next two years. And I'm 18 years of age. And I think that it's fair and reasonable that I'd be able to buy a one and a half million dollar house. And so I should be able to get a job in marketing or, you know, social media or whatever one of those fun jobs are that they think are fun. We've had shitloads of them apply for our jobs, by the way. And then they go into the job role and they last two weeks. And then they get fired and they get all upset and they cry and they're like, oh, but I thought, you know, but it's like, dude, you were here for two weeks. You rocked up late for three days, three days in two weeks. 90% of them send in resumes with photos of them out partying and shit. They go through their Instagram account and they attach a photo of them fucking partying with glow sticks and shit in Ibiza. And then they put that on a job application because they think that that's completely normal because most parents aren't taking responsibility for their kids. So their kids have no responsibility. They have no accountability. So now they're entering the workforce. As they enter the workforce, they're now getting knocked back all the time. I'm a business owner. I'm here to make money, like a business, whether people like it or not. And business owners will understand this. Employees very rarely do. But for those of you who are listening, who are employed by somebody, fantastic. I hope this is an eye-opener and something for you to really understand. The only sole purpose of a business is to make money, full stop. The day a business stops making money, there is no more business, which then means that everyone loses their jobs. It means that the owner of the business can't live anymore. It means they've either got to go back and get a job. Now, if you go bankrupt, I don't think you can get a loan for five or six years. So essentially that person's life is fucked for five or six years. Now, when an employee turns around, they go, oh yeah, well, they deserve it. You know what? Imagine you not being able to pay bills for five to six years, not being able to get a loan, not being able to go out there because you've essentially just fucked five to six years of your life because you took a risk. Not only did you take a risk starting a business, you took a risk on the people that you employed. And yeah, they may not have been the best manager, but the question is, were you the best employee? If you're not the best employee, then you can't complain about not having the best leader or the best manager. Because if it's a half decent business, the managers should be trying to improve consistently. The leaders should be trying to improve. Like I know if I go back two years ago, I was an absolute dickhead of a leader. I was an absolute dickhead of a manager. Not because I wanted to be, I just didn't know any other way. I didn't know anything different. And I was trying to learn. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm going to bed at nighttime, lying there awake going, how do I get this staff member to perform? And it seems like the only time that they perform and take accountability is when I get upset at them and get angry. But that's not the best way. I don't want to do that. But what other way is there? I don't know at the moment. I've tried having nice conversations with them. I've tried sitting down. I don't know what to do. I don't want to fire them. But at the same time, like they're not performing. What do I do? Now, to be honest, if you don't perform, I sit down, I have a nice conversation with you. I let you know what you're being performance measured on. And then next time we have a conversation, you've got to go. That's it. So I'm more ruthless now because I would rather be ruthless up front than hold on to that for six months or 12 months. I've held on to staff that I've paid $120,000 to $140,000 a year for a decent job. And they have produced probably forty dollars to $50,000 worth of income from their job role. So it's actually costing me you know, dollars $70,000 a year to have them employed. That's before I even pay tax or anything like that. They're essentially running the company into the ground and I've kept them because I didn't know how to deal with them. And I thought I don't want to come across as the bad guy. But then all that happens is I get resentful. I start getting stressed. And then I walk up and I, you know, one day I blast them. I'm like, guys, you've 
fucking been out for lunch three times this week. You've been back an hour and a half late. We're like two weeks behind on a project that you guys are responsible for. What the fuck is going on? And I blast them because I don't know how to deal with it. And I didn't want to performance manage them because I didn't know how to. My point is that in a decent business, everyone should be trying to improve and staff need to take responsibility and so do owners and so do leaders and so do managers. That's what makes a business work and everyone should be learning. But especially in small startups, it is very hard to learn a lot of this stuff. I'm not justifying it whatsoever, but it's just that there is a lot of things to learn when you're a leader and a manager and an owner in a business. Does that make it right? No, it doesn't, but no one really teaches you this stuff unless you're prepared to go and do a course. That's why I teach this stuff now in my business growth odyssey, because these are things that most business owners don't know. They just end up getting resentful towards staff. They start snapping, they start getting pissed off. And this can be massively detrimental to their business because they've never been taught how to lead. And they think, oh, well, I'm, a, I'm an owner. They should just know what to do. The day you catch yourself as a business owner saying they should know what to do, you know that you're a shitty leader and you know you're a shitty manager. Because if they should know what to do, they're being performance managed. Therefore, you pull them aside and you go, Here's what I expect. Here's what you're delivering. We've got two ways to go. Either you're going to step up your performance or you're going to have to exit today. Now, if they say I'm going to be there, then you performance manage them over the next couple of months and make sure that they do their job and you hold them accountable to that. That's how you do it. So coming back to this, you now have a whole bunch of people entering the workforce that are completely irresponsible, that have never had challenge, that have never been told off, that mummy and daddy have taken care of them all the time. They can fuck around at school and they don't really get in trouble. They may be working like most parents these days are working. Both parents are working jobs. You know, I get that. They might be working 10, 15 hours a day to try and support the family. They don't have time to monitor the kids and watch the kids and reprimand the kids or tell them off when they're doing the wrong things because they can't. And I get that. It must be extremely tough for the parents out there. But now what's happening is they're going into the workforce and they're getting rejected and they've never really had to deal with rejection. They've never had to deal with someone confront them. They've never had to deal with people who are volatile around them and are snappy and getting fucked off. They've never had to deal with consistent pressure of if I don't perform, I might not be able to pay the bills. Because they know that even if they got fired, they just go back home and mum and dad will take care of them. The mum and dad will pay the bills. It'll be okay. They've never been put in a situation where their life, essentially their livelihood is at threat because mum and dad have taken care of them. They pay the bills. And so now they keep going in trying to get jobs. They try to get jobs, but now they're unemployable. And they go, well, you know what? I want to start a business. Then they start a business and the business doesn't work. So now they're starting to get more stressed out. They're not performing the workforce. Now they start losing their place. Where do I fit in? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with the world? Who do I blame? Do I blame me? Do I blame myself? I'm not used to blaming myself, so it mustn't be me. It must be the world. So now they start blaming everything outside of themselves. So now we start to see a mental health crisis because there are people who are blaming the world for their own problems and it's starting to throw them into a downhill spiral. Should they do it the other way and they start blaming themselves and they've never really had to do that before, now they're sitting there going, well, what's wrong with me? I can't get a job. I'm 30 years of age and I'm still living at home with mum and dad. I don't have any savings. I go out all the time. I'm drinking. I'm eating pretty shit. I don't understand. So they go to the doctor and they say, doc, I feel like shit. And the doc goes, well, it sounds like you're depressed. So now they've just been diagnosed with depression. Okay, where they go to a psychiatrist, psychologist, whatever. But now they get diagnosed with depression. So they're depressed because they're feeling shit about their life. They don't understand why they're not where they want to be in life. They don't understand how to get there. But there's a really simple way of helping them to understand how to start moving forward. And that it's they've got to have a future reason to want to improve. This also comes back to me talking about neuroscience. When you're in the survival state within the brain, so when you're in your limbic system and you're all emotional, so if you're depressed and you label yourself as being depressed or having anxiety or having an anxiety disorder or having some sort of a disorder, 
or whatever it is. Now there's all these fucking labels for everything. When you start labeling yourself for those things, that starts to define the outward facing mask that you have. And it also starts to define how you feel about yourself. So that's your persona and your personality. The more you start doing that, the more you play to that role, because that's the people around you. They will support you based on that role. So if you go to your parents and say, I'm depressed, that's the reason why I can't work. That's the reason. So mum and dad now have to start to support you more. When you're with an intimate partner, the intimate partner goes, okay, well, that's the reason why you're struggling in life. So people around you now start to nurture you and reward you in a sense for that mask. And I see this every day on my social media where people post and they go, you know, only people with depression will understand this. Only people who have anxiety understand this. This here is how someone feels about anxiety and they're trying to educate the world about how they fucking feel. No one cares. No one cares how you feel. What the world cares about is what you produce. Because in a framework of society, we are all there trying to move society forward. And if you're an active member, if you go back to the old days of hunters and gatherers, some people go, yeah, we've evolved beyond that. Have we, motherfucker? We haven't evolved beyond that. Because based on how the brain is structured, if you're in a survival state, it acts and reacts exactly the same way. If you can't feed your family, you're in survival. If you don't have a position in the tribe, you're in survival. If you're running off of your emotions and your emotions are heightened, your brain is being hijacked by your emotions. You can't think clearly. You can't think about the future. It's the same thing. We've got to stop messing around with this bullshit in our society. And science has got to stop fucking messing around with this bullshit as well and tell people how it is. And the truth is that when you are in survival mode, your brain is being hijacked by a more primitive part of the brain. The most evolved part of the brain is being hijacked by a more primitive part of the brain and you're trying to survive. And you're trying to survive because your brain is trying to figure out how to fit into the tribe. Now, how do you fit into a tribe? Well, you've got to produce something. Back a thousand years ago, when we're hunters and gatherers, the elderly raised the kids. They raised the kids because they taught traditions. They taught the young boys how to be warriors, how to hunt. They taught them about whether it's the kangaroo or whether it's about the buffalo. They taught them what to eat, what to hunt. They taught the young girls about how to raise children. They taught the young girls how to go and pick berries and to all fit in and to work together as a collective. Okay, they spoke about the great times of their culture and about how they won wars or how the tribe survived. They taught them all the culture and the history so that the children grew up knowing their place to be able to add value. Then as the children grow up, as a young male, you start to now go out and you start to hunt and you learn the ways of the tribal warrior. You are now a warrior. Your job is to protect the tribe and to feed the tribe. You go out and you hunt. You try to catch the buffalo. You try to catch the kangaroo or whatever it was. And you become great at that skill set. You become great at that skill set. And the goal was to become the number one. If you could do that, you had done a great job. You have left a legacy. You had made your family proud. And the women got together and they became nurturers. One of my good friends, her name's Walla Truscott. She's, I believe, one of the world's top relationship coaches. Now, she's not very well known, but she is probably one of the best relationship coaches I've come across. And she's been a very good friend of mine and followed our stuff for a while and come and done some of our events. She's actually speaking at my next business growth odyssey because for business owners, an intimate relationship can destroy the headspace of the owner, which then massively impacts their ability to think clearly. And especially when they go home from work, they need a safe haven to be able to think and wind down. And if they get home and there's relationship problems, that's going to have a massive impact on how the owner feels about themselves and also about their business and how successful they are. So she's coming in to talk at that event. But anyway, she said, do you know, Michael, in Papua New Guinea, PNG, over there, all the women work together. If a woman is tired, 
she will just say to the other women, I'm going to go and have a lie down. And she will literally go and lie down. It is the responsibility of the collective to then look after the kids. So they make sure that the women who are sleeping are not interrupted because they need to have their sleep. And if they don't have sleep, then they're not going to feel good. And their goal is to feel good. So the group, the collective of women look after each other's kids in the same community because it is important to look after the health of all the women together. So they all work together to look after each other. And she said, do you know one of the biggest problems in our society now is that women don't look after each other. They fight against each other. They fucking pick on each other. They don't have a Louis Vuitton handbag. They're poor. Look, they're fat. They put on a bit of chub and they all pick on each other and they exclude each other versus working together with each other in a collective, which is what original tribes used to do. When she told me this, I was like, fucking hell, this is amazing. The same as if one of the men are tired. One of the men will go and they'll lie down and they'll have a sleep and the women make sure that the kids don't go and interrupt the men when they're sleeping because they know that it's best for the males to be productive. Everyone has something to produce and something to give to that collective. And that's why they work. That's why humans are where they are now, because we work together as a collective. Now, when you walk into a business and you look at most businesses, are they working together as a collective? No way. Fucking John's talking about Jane and how shit she is. He's trying to sink her down because he can't step up to the plate. And so now there's this in-house fighting who's fucking better, who's doing what, who's getting paid more. There's all this bullshit. And then in our society, They've got a supercar. They must be a fucking drug dealer. They, it's just people just trying to step over the top of each other. Our society has gone downhill, right? People don't work together with each other. And then we wonder why countries that work together are fucking obliterating us. Okay, if you look at China, they're producing shit. Okay, their country works on production. You go around to places like Australia. If you gave Australians the opportunity, they would have a one-day work week. Okay, why? Because they want to go out and party and have fun and drink and do all dumb shit. They don't want to be productive. Humans serve a purpose, and that is productivity. If we're not being productive, you end up with low self-worth. Most humans, especially in Australia, don't wake up and think in the morning, how can I be productive today? What can I produce? What value can I add to the economy? What value can I add to society? What am I trying to do here? When you start adding value and being productive to society, society looks after you and takes care of you. This is why the high-level entrepreneurs get looked after and everyone else gets fucked. Why? Because when you're a multi-billionaire and you've got companies that are producing billions of dollars worth of income, not only does it support taxation, now there are people out there who go, yeah, but the, you know, the rich don't get taxed and fuck off. I spoke to someone the other day who's got a business. They're paying millions upon millions of dollars every quarter just in tax. Now, yeah, they might have a lower tax percentage. Let's say they get taxed at 17% of their annual income. So let's say the $100 million company gets taxed at 17%. That's still $17 million per year that is going back into the economy. $17 million. And fucking John at home, who's some loser, no hope, a dropkick, sits there and he goes, ah, oh, the rich are getting their fucking ass. I've got to pay my 30%. John, 30% of $40,000 a year is sweet fuck all. Right? That doesn't pay for anything. How about you step up? How about you be better? Instead of blaming the rich guy for paying 17% tax and you've got to pay 30, how about you step up? How about you do better? But our society, because we are so comfortable, in comfortable countries, people become lazy and complacent and then they start blaming everything else outside of themselves. I remember years ago hearing this idea of that peace and war are the same things and that there is always war. And if you're not at war with something externally, you'll be at war with something internally. In the most safe times in your own life, you will start to create internal wars with yourself. You'll start arguments with family. You'll start problems with family because you've got nothing to fight externally. When you have an external fight, so when you're a business owner and you're competing against big external competitors and you can drive the whole team to want to be better in regards to that fight, watch what happens. Everyone pulls together and they work towards a common objective. 
when you just go to work every day and you don't talk about the external war that you're trying to fight and the fact that we're trying to compete with this other business that's doing better than us and they're doing better and we need to do better. When they don't have that external war, they start in-house fighting. So if you want to create a shit business, make it all peaceful. Walk in there and like, oh, great, we're doing a great job. Watch, fucking John will start fighting with Jane. Jane will start fighting with Mark. There'll be all this bullshit going on inside the business. Everyone knows this because when you have a shitty time in your life and you're in an intimate relationship, partners normally pull together with each other. But when everything's going well in your own relationship and everything's going well externally, the relationship will start to create chaos and fights or there'll be family issues because it always has to be war. War creates progression. It creates people to act smarter. They push towards something. So we live in the most safest time throughout history in regards to war. You're less likely to die in a war now than ever before in history, ever, right? It is unbelievable. We live in one of the safest times. But I go to the city now and there's 14-year-old kids walking around with knives, stabbing people, and the cops can't do anything. Why? Because at the moment, we've got a little civil war happening in our own country. We've got people fighting about whether they want to be called a male or a female. You got people who are getting pissed off because they've got a penis and they want to be called a they or a he, she or fucking whatever. And they're fighting about that stuff. When a country's coming in to blow the shit out of another country, they ain't worried about that stuff. They're, no one's talking about that. They're worried. They're going, shit, we need to save each other. So people pull together. In my grandparents' era, when they were living in World War II, everyone knew each other. They all looked after each other. You could walk down the street and borrow someone else's lawnmower and they were more than happy to do that. If your neighbor was old and they were sick, you go around and you pick all their fruit off of their tree and you give it to them and then you share that around the community. Why everyone looks after each other because we were afraid that the Germans were going to come and take over our country or the Japanese. And so now we're all pulling together. We were allies. We looked after each other. This is a massive, massive learning in human behavior. Where there is no external war, it will become an internal war. And so when people aren't taking responsibility for the shit outside of themselves, it will become an internal war. When you wake up and you go, you know what? I need to be better. I need to be fitter because there are people out there who are fitter than me. They've moved up the mating scale. I need to be better. So because of that, it'll drive you to go to the gym. Most gym junkies know this. You go to the gym because you want to appear better to mating partners, whether it be your intimate partner or whether it be other males or females or whatever gender they are out there. Why? Because you want to move up the pecking order. So it gives you something to drive towards. It gives you an external war, something to fight against, and you'll feel better about yourself. When you've been training hard for the week, you're like, fuck yeah, I did something cool this week. I'm feeling better about myself. When you don't have an external war, it becomes an internal war. And then you sit there and you look in the mirror and you're like, why am I so shit? Why is life so shit? Why do I feel fat? You know, it can't be me. It's got, And so you start looking for shit to blame. That is just such a bad, bad place to be. This is part of the reason why I believe that part of the mental health crisis is happening at the moment because we're over-supporting people. And we're over-supporting people because you've got a whole bunch of people who are over-supported who can't figure the fuck out why they can't make half a million dollars a year, have a hundred million YouTube subscribers, don't want to work, want to go out drinking five nights a week, eat like shit, look like shit, treat themselves like shit, blame everybody else, and then they wonder why they're not living a great life. And of course they're going to be depressed. Okay, they're going to feel like shit about themselves. Then they put shit food in their mouth. It makes them feel more depressed. It's crazy. And then you've got people online arguing with each other. Someone out there, they're on Instagram or they're on Facebook. They're shredded. They've done extremely well. Yeah, they might be on gear, so they might have taken a heap of steroids and stuff like that. But the truth is, even if I took steroids, I'm never going to look like them because they're fucking dedicated. They wake up in the morning, they monitor their calories, they don't go out for lunch, they don't eat out. They're in bed on time. They look friggin' phenomenal. And now look at their Instagram feed. People are like, oh, he's on roids. Oh, fucking loser, I bet he's got no dick. That's just people justifying why they're shit. 
That's got nothing to do with that person. They're justifying why they're shit. Why? Because they're not looking in the mirror saying, how can I be better? That person there is my competition now. I'm going to go out there and be better. I'm going to beat them or I'm going to use them as a way of inspiration to being better in myself. And that becomes their external war. The external war becomes, right, I'm going to defeat myself now. And I'm going to defeat myself in the better eating habits. When my brain says, you know what, just eat the chocolate. I'm like, no, motherfucker, I'm at war. I'm at war now with myself and I'm going to go get out there and become better as a person. Most people don't do that. This is part of the reason why we have a mental health crisis. And I've just seen this now, that there are new workplace relations laws that are being put in place that if someone has a mental health issue, that it's the job of the company to now start to look after them, putting mental health plans and all that sort of shit. Do you know how bad that is for business? Do you know how bad that is for the economy? You know how bad that is for society? If your hiring process is slightly incorrect and you hire the wrong person, they're essentially going to come in. You're going to put pressure on them. They're going to fall apart and melt down because they don't want to grow. And remember, pressure creates expansion. Stress creates growth. So if you don't put stress and pressure on staff, they're never going to grow and they're never going to expand. Now, why do people handle stress and pressure? Because they're doing something that's within their values. They find it important to them. They have a reason to want to do that. So let's say you hire the wrong, incorrect staff member now. So you don't understand their values and you're not doing proper values testing and that person sneaks in, which most companies will never do this. They get in there. Two months later, oh, I'm having a mental health crisis. So now I've got to now pay for the person or the government's got to pay for the person to be on mental health leave. They then get to sit around, eat shit, go to therapy, all this stuff. Why the fuck would they want to work? So again, we're just creating more of the problem. They have no drive. You've got someone who is weak and you're essentially making them weaker mentally. They are blaming external things. And there are a lot of people out there who say, yeah, but you know, what about this certain scenario? Yeah, okay. There are people out there who have legitimate mental health issues, right? There are people who have some sort of a, let's say they're a psychopath right? They've got to be medicated. They've got to be put. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about functioning adults that say that they have mental health issues. And I see these all the time on my social media where they work jobs, they're fully competent, they're fully coherent. But now what they've got is they've got a label for the reason why they're not thriving in life. And I see this shit all the time. And they're always the same people. They have high expectations on themselves. They put a lot of pressure on themselves in order to be something, do something. They compare themselves to others then they start feeling like shit about themselves because they feel like they're not where they want to be in life. And then so they start feeling like shit. It's not that they have a mental health problem. They have a comparative problem. They compare themselves to everybody else. They have overinflated their skill set. They have overinflated their goals. They think that they're better than what they are and they think that they deserve more than what they've got. Now they go to the doctor and say, I feel like shit. I've been depressed. I can't get out of bed. Of course you can't get out of bed because you can't compete with everybody else that you're comparing yourself to, right? You can pick some of them. So you might go, right, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to go now in a challenge with this other person. And we're going to see who loses the most weight. There's a real challenge. Versus I want to be the Instagram dude with a million followers who's got a six pack and is rigged and is on a shit ton of roids, never goes out, never parties, never drinks, hardly socializes, hardly hangs out with friends. His whole life is dedicated to that, to bodybuilding. Then I go out with friends and I go, wow, one of my friends has a beautiful marriage. They've got kids. They've got everything. I want that as well. When you start doing that, now you're fucked because you've got two different priorities in life and there is only one spot for one priority at any point in time. It's like a letterbox, right? If there's one letter for one person at a time and it's structured in a hierarchy, you can only put one letter in the letterbox at a time. There is only one place for that number one letter. In your own life, in your values, you can only do one thing at once. So if you're trying to improve 10 areas of life at the same time, you're probably going to do shit at most of them. You have to have focus for a certain period of time in order to push the level of things up. The same happens in business. Business owners that run around trying to do 50 things at once normally have a business that's chaotic and shit and it doesn't grow. When you can say to staff, our number one goal for this quarter is to increase sales by 30% and everything pushes towards that, bang, now you get traction.
Get ready business owners that make under a million dollars per year. I'm getting ready to launch my brand new online Dominate Zero to a Million Dollars Business Hub with the goal of giving small business owners what they need to grow their business past their first million dollars. With the tips, the tools, the processes, the frameworks and the trainings to scale their business past the first million dollars without wasting years and millions of dollars like I did with all the trials, errors and mistakes that cost me. This will give those of you out there wanting to make your first million dollars the fast track to scaling your business. Stay tuned for the launch. So you've got these people who are out there now who are comparing themselves to everybody else on social media. There is no way they can win that game. They can't win that battle. They can't even win. So now they're feeling more and more down. They're feeling more and more depressed. They're beating themselves up. They can't figure out why they can't have a million dollars, why they can't be married and have the perfect family, why they can't have the body of the guy on social media or the girl on social media who's on a heap of gear and who never goes out and who doesn't socialize and who probably doesn't have a lot of friends and family around her or him. So you want to have all of it, but at the same time, you're dedicated to none of it. And so this is where we're having these mental health crises. Okay. And then people blame something externally. This is what happens when we drop into a stress response in the brain. We become more external and less internal. And I see this happening every day of the week, like probably 10 times a day if I'm on the phones. I'll give you a great example. If you're walking through the forest and all of a sudden you hear a noise, as you're walking through the forest before the noise, you're thinking about your mission you're internalizing, you're thinking about how you could improve, that you're thinking about how things could be better in life. And you're in this beautiful headspace of dreams and goals and wishes. But now you hear that rustling in the bushes. All of a sudden, you go, shit, survival response. What is that? So then what happens is adrenaline gets spiked and the hormones change. We shift immediately into a stress response, a flight, fight, or freeze response. And we have to decide, are we going to stand still and do nothing? Are we going to become aggressive and fight this thing? Or are we going to run away and retreat? Okay, they're the three things that we can do. So you hear this rustling and because of adrenaline and the stress response, our senses become more heightened and we spend more time now focused externally. So now our senses become heightened. So our eyes start working better. We start listening more to external things. Okay, and we're watching. Our external senses become heightened because we have to for a survival response. What does this have to do with the mental health shit that's going on right now. When someone is under stress, they're going to look for external reasons why things aren't working. When I speak to business owners and they're like, oh, all staff are fucked, everything's fucked, it's the economy, it's shit. They are in a stress response and they are perceiving that something external is the reason for them being stressed. It's the reason why their business isn't growing. It's the reason why they feel unsafe. It's the reason why they're not getting the results that they want. It's external. When I speak to someone who normally has mental health problems, they're sitting there and they're going, yeah, but you know, I should have millions of dollars and you know, it was my boss and they put pressure on me. And when I grew up and I was a kid and then this happened, blah, blah. Very rarely do they have introspection where they sit there and they go, okay, what role did I play in this? So as a business owner, my staff are ineffective. Okay. What am I doing to reinforce that pattern? What am I doing to grow out of it? What am I doing to be better? My sales team aren't performing at the moment. So what am I doing to be better? How can I improve this? What systems, what processes, what do I need to learn? Do I need to go and hire some sales consultants? Do I need to go and go do some training on sales? Like, what do I need to do here in order to improve that? So what you find is that the majority of people who live consistently in a stress response will externalize everything and they'll have a lack of responsibility. And even though you, they'll say, yeah, but I feel responsible for everything. What they're saying is I feel all the pressure, but I still don't sit back and take responsibility as to why I'm in the position I'm in right now and look for ways of improving it and stepping up and stepping forward. And I will not stop until I find a way of moving forward with inspiration, not desperation. So most people are blaming something externally for the reason why they feel like shit internally. 
They're not taking responsibility for the fact that they compare themselves to everybody else because they spend the average Australian at the moment spends around about 2.6 or 2.7 hours per day on average on social media. They're scrolling for 2.6 hours per day, figuring out why they're shit. They have a better family. They have a better car. They're making more money. Oh, they're on holiday. We're not on holiday. Now I'm stressed. You know what I need? I need a four-day work week. I need to be less productive now in society. I need to be less productive for the tribe. I need to do less because it must be something externally that's stressing me out. I must work too hard. Motherfucker, you don't work hard at all. Go and work for someone who works hard. I always think about Elon Musk, like that dude slept on the floor for six months of his own factory. And I go, well, I could be doing more. I could be doing a bit better. How can I do a little bit better? And I want to improve. I'm not saying I want to compare myself to Elon. I don't want to sleep on the floor of my own factory. That's not what I want. But I also don't want to send rockets to Mars either. And I don't want to build a car company. I would rather have one fiftieth of his income. And I think I'd be very, 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 very happy. Not that happiness is my target anyway, but it would allow me to achieve what I want. But I know what I want. I know the mission that I'm trying to achieve. So you want to use those people to inspire you to be better. But when I hear people these days who are always looking for the easy option, Mojo, I just want financial freedom. What the fuck does financial freedom mean? Oh, well, you know, I want to be able to do what I want when I want. Okay, well, explain that to me, dude. Explain it to me. Oh, well, like I'd like to be able to go on a holiday. Well, what? how, how long for? Oh, well, you know, I don't know. Well, fuck, you haven't even thought about this shit. You're free the day that you allow yourself to live what you love. That's your freedom. Now, if you're thinking, I would love to go on a holiday so that I can remove stress, you are now thinking in that primitive part of the brain. You're wanting to run away. You're wanting to escape. Why? Because you're not spending time thinking about how to be better, how to add more value to the tribe, how to become a better hunter, how to become a better gatherer how to add value to that community. Okay, you're not thinking about that. You're thinking about escaping that. And when I see people who do that, most of the time, life gets worse. So when a business owner sits there and they start thinking, oh, you know what, I need, I need a holiday, I need a holiday, I need a holiday. You only need a holiday because you don't have the ability to think through to deal with the problems that you've currently got in your business. That's why you want a holiday. You should go on holiday because the team are cranking and everything's going well, go on a holiday. Right, go and have two weeks with the family. Have some family time now. But when you're stressed out and you want to go on a holiday, it's because you're trying to escape. You're trying to run away. Bad idea, my friend. Bad idea. Okay, when someone's like, oh, well, you know, I need a couple of weeks off of work because I'm stressed. That's because you can't do your job role effectively or you're stuck in a job with a shitty leader or a shitty manager. Go get another job. Go find out how to do that. Go and figure out what you love and go add value to a company or a corporation that values your skill set. Go and do that. Your life will be so much better. We're tackling the mental health crisis in the wrong way. And it's because most of the time, weak people drive weak policies, weak people drive weak business, weak people drive other weak people. And I see it every day. They're like, oh, but I'm supporting. If you support a spoiled child, they end up more fucked up. That's a bad idea. The child needs more challenge, not less. Okay, the idea that you give a child less challenge because they're stressed or that they feel like they're being too pressured, that's a very fine line. Like how much pressure do you need for them to grow versus how much pressure do they need in order to feel crushed? It's a fine line, and I don't know what that line is. No one does. I have it all the time where I'll be working, 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 the next second, bang, full to bits. Why? Because the only way you know where a boundary is is where you cross it. And in order to move a boundary, you've got to push it. So we push boundaries all the time in order to figure out where our breaking point is, where we can step up. If it wasn't for me working more and more hours and hating the work, I wouldn't work the amount of hours I do now because I find it completely normal. I think about this during training. I was exercising yesterday, and my personal trainer was here. 
And I'm working flat out and I felt like I was going to die. And it's been this program now we've been doing for three weeks. And this is why I like programming. For three weeks, we've been doing this program, which is almost like a CrossFit workouts and EMOM. So I'm doing as much as I can during a certain time period. And it's tough. Last week, I threw up. The week before, I was like, I fell into a ball. I could hardly breathe. And I kept thinking, this sucks. Like, I fucking hate this. But at the same time, I'm like, I know I'm getting fitter. And that's the goal of this program. The goal isn't to feel good. The goal is to get fitter. And part of going through that pain and that suffering is because I know I'm getting fitter. It's helping me to improve. And yesterday, I noticed at the end of the workout, I was completely exhausted. Like, I was on the ground, could hardly breathe. Sweat was pouring off of me. And I was in pain. And I was thinking, this is, I hate this. But what I looked at was that three weeks ago, I had to stop multiple times throughout the workout. In the rest periods, I extended the rest periods. So they were supposed to be, I think, 30 seconds rest period. Sometime I was pushing the rest periods out to a minute because I couldn't grab my breath. In three weeks, I'm down to 15 second rest periods. I stuck to the proper rest periods. I got to the end of the workout and I felt just as shit at the end of the workout as what I did the other week. The only difference is that my fitness has improved. My rest periods had improved. Why? Because I got fitter, I got better. Was it easier? No fucking way. It wasn't easier because I learned how to push myself harder. That's how you improve. Any athlete knows this, that when you're doing things, the suck is always the same. It never gets easier. In business, it never gets easier. The suck is always the same. The difference is that the reward is better. The reward is different. That's it. So I knew that at the end of yesterday, I walked away and I was like, I feel fitter. I feel better because of those work times. Did my body feel in less pain? No way, because I just learned how to push it to its maximum again. So in our own lives, by the way, if you're listening to this podcast, it's because you're a driven motherfucker. You're a driven mofo. That's what we call our community. We're the driven mofos because we learn how to push. Life doesn't get easier. It just depends at the level that we're willing to push it to. Okay, you have to push yourself in order to figure out where you're going to break. Now, I always think about breaking like scar tissue. I've got some scars from where I've cut myself before in certain, you know, when I was a mechanic or... I got stabbed in the head when I was a kid or when I was a teenager, you know, just things like that. The scar tissue is stronger than the normal tissue because it heals stronger. When you push yourself at the, every week and you're like, I'm going to break, I'm going to break, I'm going to break, you know what, fuck it, I'm going again tomorrow. And you push yourself a little bit more, yeah, you'll break. The difference is that you broke at a level that most people couldn't even comprehend. I get asked all the time, do you burn out? Yeah, I burn out. But I just burn out at a different level than most of society. Okay, that's it. Do I enjoy workouts? Yeah, I love training. But why do I love training? Because I get to push myself to new limits. As I start getting fitter, I adapt my program and I work on strength. Then when I start my strength training, I feel weak, but I'm stronger than most of the population. That doesn't mean I feel strong. It just means that I'm stronger than most. Okay. And that's it. Then after a couple of months of strength training, then I go back into more like cardiovascular fitness and I feel like shit again. I'm like, oh man, I can't run as far or I can't do as what I used to. So I'm always looking for my weaknesses to try to improve those weaknesses. But at the same time, to improve a weakness, it's tough. It is fucking tough. But that's why you have to direct the goal. Just like I did yesterday. My goal for the training workout wasn't to feel good. My goal for the workout was to improve my fitness. And I knew that because I knew that I could keep to my rest times. And that's how I knew that I had won. Now, in your own life, and this is the problem with society, by the way. In most people, their goal for life is happiness. Happiness is an emotion. That already tells you that you're living in the primitive part of the brain. Okay, it's the emotional center, the limbic system. It's a primitive, primal part of the brain for survival. So when people are like, oh man, I just want to be happy. What the fuck does that mean, happy? I can be, I'm happy right now, but in two minutes I can be unhappy. And then when I'm unhappy, I wish I was happy again. And then when I'm happy, it comes and goes. 
I can be comfortable. I can feel comfortable one minute and then all of a sudden I've just eaten some food and now I start feeling uncomfortable. Oh, but I just want to be comfortable. So now what do I do? Right. Emotions are a really bad metric for life. They're bad. Stop using emotions. Happiness is not the goal of life. The goal of life is to add value, to be productive, to improve your self-worth by taking on greater challenges, by pushing yourself, to becoming the person you know that you have the capacity and the capability of becoming. Right? If you look at a balloon, when a balloon starts and you start to blow it up, as you put more pressure into the balloon, it expands. That expansion is through pressure. That pressure creates a new form. In our own life, if we don't have pressure, we don't create a better form. When I was a kid, I was fucking lazy. I remember being a diesel mechanic and I hated it there. I didn't want to be there. I used to pull sick days all the time. I'd go out and drink every night. My bosses were assholes or I thought. And I was like, I fucking hate this place. My work ethic was dog shit. You know, all day long I was thinking, oh man, I can't wait for the weekend. I can't wait for the weekend. I was pathetic. I was a pathetic human being. And back in those days, I'd struggled to date. Like I felt like shit. I didn't enjoy life. Why? Because I was in a shitty environment. I didn't know what I wanted. But over time, I've become the person that I have because I kept putting more pressure on myself to become a better form. Now the habits that I have are better than most of the population. I didn't start there. That's where I've ended up. Why? Because I had to create a new form through pressure. That happened because I kept the pressure on myself. I know that my new form in 20 years is going to be completely different than what it is now. Why? Because I put pressure on myself. And we've taken that away. We've taken that away from society. We've taken that away for people. We've made it too easy. Back 20 years ago when I was a diesel mechanic, if someone said to me that you could pull mental health sick days, fuck yeah, I would have been in. If I could have got a month off and I was getting paid every week, I would have gone and lived in Thailand for a month on holiday. Why? Because I was getting paid to not work. What a fucking sweet life. But that was because I was a pathetic individual. I was pathetic. But no one had ever trained me to think different. I thought the life was about being happy. I thought that things were supposed to be easy and they weren't. It didn't match my expectation. My friends were all going out and buying houses and getting married and having kids. And I was this pathetic individual that hated my job, hated my career, all of that. If it wasn't for my best friend's three or niece dying in a car accident, I wouldn't have sat there and thought, one day I'm going to die. What have I left? Like, what's my legacy? What have I created? That was the thing that put a firecracker in my ass and I didn't know where to start. And I started going to personal development events. That's why I do what I do now because this was the thing that changed my life. I started reading books. Back in the old days, I had to go and pay to get CD audio products sent to my house, which cost hundreds, sometimes even thousands of dollars. Now you listen to it on a podcast for free. And then I have mother motherfuckers who say to me, oh man, your events in Adelaide. And I'm like, where do you live? And they're like, oh, in Melbourne. When you come to Melbourne, let me know and I'll come to an event. No, you won't. Because you're fucking pathetic. That's why. Because you're fucking pathetic. You can't figure out that you can easily get online, type in, get a ticket on a thing called a plane in this day and age, and that you can spend one hour, 59 minutes, I think, or 58 minutes or something, probably even less sometimes, to fly from Melbourne to Adelaide. 58 minutes. And it costs you like a couple of hundred bucks. And you can fly and you can stay in a fucking hotel and you can come to an event for four days. It's not that hard. So my point is... It's easier than ever now for people to improve, to be better, to make something of themselves. But the question is, do they want to? And the easier you make it for people to not do that, to not change, they're never going to change. Do you know one of the greatest motivators for change for most people is suffering? Suffering causes most people to want to change. When you take the ability for people to suffer and to feel pain, most people never change. If you speak to any drug addict or any alcoholic, the thing that changed it normally is pain or suffering. And they'll get to a place where they're like, I'm sick of suffering. I'm sick of going through pain. My life's fallen apart. I've lost my family. I've lost all this shit. I need to change. Imagine if you were just like, well, look, you know what? We'll make it easy for you. 
I'll just buy you crack for you. I'll give it to you. They're just going to sit on the couch and they're going to smoke crack all day. Why? Because they don't have a reason to change. There's no reason. Sometimes in people's lives, the fact that they suffer is the drive for change. And the more that we support people and take that ability for people to feel pain and to suffer away from them, because we're afraid that maybe they might kill themselves. Maybe they might do some self-harm. You know, whatever it is, that is always a risk. And that is a risk that I don't know how to deal with that risk. I've worked with people who are suicidal. If you give them a reason to want to live, they'll want to live. If people don't have a life wish, they'll have a death wish. And so you've got to give them a greater reason. But just like everybody, if you give them a reason, if you help them get clear with what they want in the future, they will be able to slowly work towards something and build their self-worth. And over time, things will work out. What I have found, though, is that people who have these mental health labels, if they start progressing and things start changing and their life improves, they don't even think about the mental health problem that they've got or that they've been diagnosed with. But all of a sudden, when things stop working, they go back to blaming something outside of themselves again. And they like that self-reflection. They like the change. Like I said, a lot of the mental health tools now, I see all these men's retreats where they take men away and they all stand together and hug each other and cry and shit. When you do that, especially to someone who is masculine, it emasculates them. Men want to solve problems, and so do masculine women. Masculine people want to solve problems. They don't want to talk about them. They don't mind talking about them to get it off their chest, but then they want to solve it. So normally when I'm working with someone who's masculine, they will talk about their problem, we will diagnose it, we'll analyze it, we'll understand it, and then bang, we're onto solving that problem. And then I work with them in order to keep them accountable to working towards solving that issue. They're fine after that. When you sit there and you let someone talk about their problems over and over and over again and they're masculine, watch what happens. They'll fall into a mental health crisis. Really fucking bad idea. Therapy these days for men, most of the time, if it doesn't create accountabilities and doesn't create solutions, can throw them into a downhill spiral and cause more of a problem. Most masculine people want accountability. They want responsibility. They want to be the hero in their own lives. They want to be the hero in their family. But very few people talk about this. Why? Because we've got a feminine system now that's feminizing people. And it's turning people that are driven masculine people that want to go and achieve shit in life, that want to live in a meaningful way. It just says, well, you know what? You're not the problem. Maybe you need a hug. Maybe you need a cuddle. Maybe you need more rest. Maybe you need to relax more. That's all a feminine state. And yes, there is a time and a place for that. But if you do that for too long, you're going to end up in a downhill spiral. I know if I rest for too long, I just start to feel like I'm worthless. Okay. It's a bad idea. And whether it's a male or a female, women also need to feel productive and accountable and they need to feel like they're part of something. They need to feel productive in an environment as well. But when you've got women that are attacking each other all the time and making other women feel insecure, then they feel like they don't have a place. So now they feel like shit. They're also trying to compete with normally masculine people as well who are super productive and wanting to achieve something. So then they feel like when they're trying to be a mum or when they're out in society trying to help and nurture other people and help people to be better, they're getting attacked because they're not producing money and they're not out there like grinding and hustling and doing shit. It's very confusing. We've created a very confusing spot in society. And I'm not saying that we should go back to gender roles, but what should happen is that I believe that we need to get people really, really clear with their success map in life and figure out where they fit in and then help them to achieve that. Should they do that, I believe that we can solve probably 50 to 70% of the mental health issues that are going on now. And I don't think it's going to get better. I actually think it's going to get worse. And I think that we're going to have to have a massive financial recession which is going to put a lot of people back in real safety and survival mode, not fucking fake, I don't have a million Instagram followers safety and survival mode, or you know what, I don't have a $2 million house, therefore I'm a shitty mum, or you know, other women are attacking me, I'm in safety and survival mode. I'm talking about like, you know, 20 to 25% unemployment, no one can get jobs, I've got to have like three families living in my house just to survive. That fucking shit there is going to be the thing that's going to pull people out of this craziness that we're in at the moment. I hope that it doesn't and I hope we find a way out of it, but I just don't think that it will. 
I hope that this episode is a way of just thinking differently about how we deal with mental health. Humans have to grow. Like if we go back to the fundamentals of life, and this is what we skip. This is where the mental health industry fucks up so bad. They don't go back to fundamentals. Fundamentals are living organisms need to survive. In order to survive as humans, we tend to work together as tribes. To work together towards tribes, we need to hunt. There are hunters and there are also gatherers. There are nurturers and there are also the other people who get out there and they push hard to achieve things. So if there's a war, the tribes people go out and they fight. That's normally the tribesmen. But the tribeswomen are normally protected. So there are specific roles. Now, whether there are females that want to go out and fight wars and shit like that, that's cool. That's fine. It has nothing to do with penises and vaginas. It has everything to do with establishing where you fit in to the tribe. And the best people should be given the best jobs where they thrive. So if someone wants to be a mother, they don't need to be pressured to feel like shit because, well, other mothers are attacking them. Well, you don't work and you don't do this. And that's the reason why they have this. Well, fuck you if you're like that. Focus on your own life. Go do your own thing. They're trying to be a great mum. Let them be a great mother because society needs that. But at the same time, they also need great hunters and great warriors. Those great hunters and great warriors should be, you know, celebrated. Right now, they're emasculated. If you're a hardworking dude, well, you're a shit dad because you're not at home all the time. I meet and work with a lot of business owners who say to me, I get ripped apart all the time by not being home all the time. My wife doesn't understand. These are common things. I'm not saying that it's always wives, but I'm saying that I hear this almost every second or third day. I would love to grow my business and I love working, but I get ripped apart when I'm not at home. My wife doesn't like says you work too much. You work on weekends. They feel stuck because they're trying to provide the greatest life financially for the family and give them opportunities and give them everything that they need from a financial perspective, make sure that they're safe, but also so that they can thrive. Now they're getting ripped apart for doing that. They're not celebrated as a warrior. They're fucking torn apart for it. Just like now, there are a lot of women out there who are torn apart for being a, a mum. That's bullshit. Our society needs to get back to supporting people for doing great things. Society needs great mothers. It needs great fathers. It also needs great workers. It needs great warriors. It needs greatness in society. Greatness should be celebrated. Right now, we're celebrating mediocrity. If I have a challenge, I'm better off just taking the easy option and doing nothing because our society supports that. Versus when you're crushing it and pushing hard in life, society tries to rip you apart for that. That's bullshit. I really hope that this has brought a new light to the way you think about things. Look, I hope for some of you out there, you've realized you're a warrior. Get out there and fight against something. Some of you realize that you really want to build something great. Get out there and build things. Some of you are great nurturers, so therefore nurture things. Society needs that. I would love to go to a hospital and find a whole bunch of doctors and nurses who really support people. That now, that can get taken away from them. I know plenty of nurses who have walked away from the nursing industry because they just get hammered into the ground for being nurturers. And then you end up with a hospital system of people that don't give a fuck about people that are just doing a job. Okay, why? Because they're there trying to achieve something in their own life. They don't give a fuck about other people. That's a really bad hospital system and a really bad healthcare system. But that's there at the moment. Not all the time. Why? Because nurturers aren't celebrated. We need to be celebrating people achieving great things in life again and rewarding people for doing that and supporting them to step up and take on challenges, not support them for backing away from challenges, from running away scared, from freezing and not doing anything in their life and them taking a 10-year hiatus so that they don't have to feel stress anymore because they have some deluded idea that humans in life are innately built to not have stress, to drive towards happiness. That is all so stupid. And anyone who is a mental health practitioner who is listening to this, who thinks that the idea of life is fucking happiness and ease and comfort, 
has never studied any form of biology, in effect, because everything in nature moves towards things that perceives enhances life and it moves away from things that perceives challenges life. They also have to grow and to expand. Everything in nature wants to grow. It wants to reproduce. I know it wants to feel safe, but it is productive towards something. And we've taken that away from society. Anyway, Driven Mofos, I massively hope that this helps. I hope it's a bit of a kick in the bum. I really felt like sharing this today. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you love it, please share it with your friends, with your family. Share it on social media. Let your friends and family know about it as well. Also, if you haven't rated and reviewed this podcast, please do so. We're just hanging with numbers at the moment on the ratings. All you need to do is click that five-star review. I will love you forever. I'll love you long time if you just do that. So please, if you haven't already done so, rate and review the podcast or just rate the podcast. All you got to do is click on the stars. It takes literally two seconds and it helps us to get this out to more people. Anyway, Driven Mofos, have a great day. Keep kicking ass. And I look forward to joining me back here once again for the next episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur.